0: Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. Today we're going to give you kind of the more traditional, long-form style of podcast. Get to have a little bit of a breather here from fall camp. The Hurricanes are still practicing, but uh, I think it's more just like kind of a, I don't know if it's a walkthrough type practice, but it's it's a shorter practice where they're just kind of getting down to the nuts and bolts of things and don't really want to show the media that stuff. So um, we get the day off. So with that in mind, I figured it'd be good to, to provide a, a long form, you know, podcast where it's like, um, you know, almost a week of fall camp is in the books. So what are our quick snapshot takes on the team at this point? And of course, keep in mind that none of this is set in stone. You know, I think I think move. there will be movement on the depth chart, good and bad, um, following scrimmages and more practices. So let's jump into it, Gabby. I think let's start, though, earlier this week. You know, I don't really know how much this like this poll to me is like, you know, kind of the least noteworthy poll at this point. But it does carry some weight. The USA Today Sports Coaches Poll. Uh, came out this week and the university of miami ranked number 17 in the country gabby fair or unfair
1: i think that's fair honestly um i mean i feel like it's a it's like it's again i mean kind of considering the fact that this is a seven and six twin team last year uh for them to find themselves kind of in the middle of the pack here of this top 25 um you know i think that that's a fair i think it's a fair spot for them just to kick things off uh I think they could obviously, you know, finish higher than that. Uh but you know, I think it's kind of still wait and see, prove it type of deal and uh I think honestly 7 tier I saw 17 and I was like all right, like I can I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I think it again, it's,
0: I again it is more than fair. 7 and 5 last year, that's kind of what five. you are. They've made changes since then. Uh which uh you know, has us all optimistic and, and rightfully so. Um but, you know, like I see, I see some of the fan base griping about Pittsburgh. I see some of the, cause Pittsburgh's number 16. I see some of the fan base griping about NC state. They are number 13 uh, because Miami did beat them head to head. Right. But the bottom line is, I mean, there's nothing to really puff your chest out about because those two teams were both better than you last year as a whole. Like we're not doing one, sam- one game sample size type stuff. Uh, we're doing, seasons as a whole and uh you know look i i would say this too we'll, we'll move we'll move on to fall camp but gabby if i told you at the end of the season so through the bowl game all that stuff whatever the record is the record is but if miami is number 17 overall in the country in year one of the mario cristobal era would you take it
1: Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I think maybe I'd like I think I'd like to see it maybe a little bit higher. But again, if they're finishing the year 17, I think that, again, you're just kind of looking at a year over year, um, you know, sort of forecast. I think they would probably be like a top 12 ish team maybe in that for 2023 if they finish at seventeen. Um, you know, again, depending on, I guess, a few different things, but again, I think that's the right trajectory, right? So you want to finish in that top 20. So again, I think a lot of fans are going to hear that and be like, no, like number 17, isn't good enough. But again, if you're talking about like, you know, the steps that this program needs needs to take, if, if at the end of the year, Miami's sitting there number 17 in the country, hopefully maybe coming off bowling or whatever it is. Um, I think you kind of have to be like, all right, you know, that, that, that was year one.
0: Yeah. It's a good starting point. I think for the Mario Cristobal era, I, I think, we should all understand that this program isn't going to most likely get to the college football playoff this year. So it has to happen uh, in a staircase kind of way, building, ascending, uh, finishing the year ranked is not something that this program has commonly done uh, the past 15 years. And so if Mario Cristobal pulls that off in year one, that's a tremendous starting point. Obviously, he can't I, I do think the upside of this team, they could finish higher than 17. Um, but if you just straight up gave me the choice, hey, 17 or you let the chances, you let the chips fall where they may, like as a bet, I would probably just take that seventeen and, and take it to the bank. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all right, let's take the seventeen and let's see how Mario Cristobal builds on it. Um Fall Camp. And let's just start at quarterback, right? Um, and the way I want to structure this discussion, Gabby, I just want to share maybe one thing we we feel like we've learned about each position group um, through this first week-ish. It's a little less than a week, but we'll call it a week. And then also, I, I think for each position group, we should establish kind of a, a, you know, draw a line in the sand in terms of, okay, at this point, we think these are the guys that are going to play. So playing rotation guys, not necessarily starters, because I think, you know, playing rotation is where the discussion should be generally with this team. And, you know, maybe we could highlight some guys that it's like, okay, we'll see if they get to that point during the course of fall camp, guys that will be in the playing rotation, but quarterback, right? And, and maybe this discussion doesn't have to go too long at quarterback because we kind of know what we got there. Uh but is there anything in particular you feel like you have learned about this position group after the first week?
1: Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe nothing like too much. Right. I mean, I haven't spent a ton of time, you it's know, good. me personally. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's it's just a good solid room, right? You got really? Tyler Van Dyke, you got Jake Garcia, and then you, you got, you got Jakari Brown. I mean, I think that's a, I think those are three quarterbacks who, you know, again, that's kind of how you want the quarterback room to start being set up. And, you know, I think that that's just a general positive and Tyler Van Dyke is the guy I don't think there's much of a question about that. So, I mean, that's probably my biggest takeaway. I mean, that Miami has a a pretty good quarterback situation.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tyler's the guy. I I do think it's worth noting. I think I've said this in one of the instant reaction podcasts that to me, Jake looks sharper earlier in this fall camp stage compared to the early stages of spring football. To me, Jake just looks more comfortable. Um, He also, you can tell how he's thickened up his body in the weight room year over year, which is a good thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, I think if, if you're comparing the fun thing about this group to me, Gabby now, because we, we know it's good, but it's fun when you do watch them to nerd out, like, because uh, it becomes more about like, instead of just, oh, did they complete the pass? It's more about like, oh, how's the ball placement on the completion? You know we can I mean? start getting into like the nitty-gritty of it instead of like oh okay at least he can get it there which is fun like you know when you're talking ball placement uh Tyler is is a notch ahead of the rest of the group uh you know Jake isn't bad but his ball placement isn't quite where Tyler's is from rep to rep and then you know Chikari has his moments um good and bad which shouldn't be surprising to anyone because he is a developmental guy with elite traits but he still has plenty of skill work to improve on um, how about Jakari, gabby like what's overall just what's your take because there's a lot of chatter out there uh, there's a lot of hot takes about Jakari after four days of fall camp i'm curious you know you got any flamers for us on Jakari? <laughs>
1: i mean i think you said it i mean there's been four days of his first fall camp like i mean Again, you talk about elite, elite traits, uh, you know, kind of talking around media day. He's a guy that's hit, you know, over 21 miles per hour on the, uh, you know, on the catapult 22. or maybe over 22 miles per, yeah. miles per hour on the catapult. Um, a guy that can fly. I mean, I was talking to Tyler Van Dyke. He said, you know, Jakari can throw the football just as far as I can. Yeah. Maybe he's, you know, he's tweaking refining stuff, but he also has the mindset that he is there to develop. He's not what he's not in competition to play quarterback for Miami in 2022. Like he is preparing for, maybe 2023, probably more realistically 2024 ish, you know, I think Which that is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a good thing. It's fine. He's young. Again, he's a kind of a gamer. You know, he showed that in high school, maybe he's a little, you know, he's got to, again, he's got to tweak a lot of li- a lot of, a lot of things, but he knows that he's aware of it. He's not walking in here thinking I'm the best quarterback in the country and I'm good to go right now. Like he's going to work every day. So I'm not ready for any insane, uh, you know, Chikari Brown takes either way. But, uh, you know, I think he has high potential. And I think the skill set that he does have, like we've talked about it on this podcast before, the skill sets that he does have are different and you know with Mario Cristobal's kind of like up front kind of want to pound the rock mentality you know Jakari Brown that potentially gets up to like 225 maybe 230 and can kind of you know make the throws you need him to make could potentially be scary and that could be something that could be attractive to Mario Cristobal in the ACC where you know outside of Clemson and North Carolina you know and and, and NC State most years I guess I would think that you know you could probably play a lot of like you know you know big you know just kind of run over guys in the conference you know it's, I feel like you can beef up that front and Jakari Brown could be a big type of quarterback that, you know, again, could be attractive to a Mario Cristobal type. So again, I mean, long-winded answer, I guess, but I mean, I think Jakari has the chance to be just perfectly fine.
0: Right. I think with freshmen, you know, we need to understand, um, you know, there's, there's two things going on, right? There's talent, which is the capacity of what a player can be. Right. I think that's a fair way to define talent. And then there is skill. And to me, skill is how close do you come to maximizing that potential? And Jakari to me is a guy with elite talent. Now the skill, it needs to be raised. And he knows that. And it's it's all particularly in the passing game, uh, specifically with accuracy. Uh, some people have the opinion that accuracy is something that cannot be improved. I would push back on that just from... My years of watching quarterbacks develop at the high school and college level, um, but Jakari knows he has to improve. And I'll say this: you know, I saw Jakari play at a high school camp or participate at a high school camp two years ago, and it was ugly then. And I would say since then he has made big strides with with his ability to pass and his accuracy. Um, and I would say if he continues on this trajectory two years into the future, he's going to be a good college quarterback with freakish athletic traits. I would also say, let's not forget, you know, when Tyler Van Dyke first showed up, he wasn't, and he would be the first to admit this. He's admitted this to me in person. Um, When he first showed up as a true freshman, he was overthinking things. You know, he, he wasn't on point with his accuracy and, and, uh, you know, the way he was playing as a true freshman when he first showed up at UM. Uh, But Tyler works at it and he, his confidence grew because of the work. And now he is what he is. I'm not saying Jakari is going to be Tyler, but you got to give guys a chance to develop and improve. Um, And for me, like, look, I'm not saying you can't look at some freshman and be like, oh, this guy's never going to play here. Right. I think we can do that to some guys. And I—I've, that has been the case with some quarterbacks that have come through Miami in, over the past 15 years. Jakari is nowhere close to being one of those type of quarterbacks. He absolutely has the ability to be a starting quarterback at UM if he continues to work and progress. Um, running back. It's hard to say like this is a this is a position group that's kind of hard to judge I think because pads haven't really come on like full pads haven't really come on um but one thing I I've learned and I think it's just a fair reminder right because he was out for the spring I feel like his 2022 season or 2021 season sorry last year was was a lot of highs and a lot of lows but I think the first week of camp is kind of a reminder to me, uh, that Jalen, I think Jalen Knighton's going to be a big time player in this offense. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the primary back in this offense, which, you know, honestly, I think that's a good thing for rooster because he's, he's not built to be that primary back and he's not built to be used the way he was used last year is just pounding the inside, zone run game. Um, But, you know, look, last year, Oregon had Travis Dye, um, who's similar body type to Jalen Knight. Last year at Oregon, he was 5'10", 190 on their roster. Travis Dye ran for 1,271 yards, 16 touchdowns, also caught 46 passes for 402 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not saying Rooster's going to put up those type of big time numbers because I do think Miami has depth at running back. Uh, they're going to share the ball amongst the group, but can rooster be 75% of that? I think he's got a chance. Also Josh Gaddis, uh, you know, targets the running backs heavily in his offense in the passing game. So to me, this was, this first week was just kind of a reminder of like, Oh yeah. You know, roosters rooster has the ability to be that dude. And I think in this offense, there's a chance that he is.
1: Yeah, for for me, I think it would be, I mean, again, kind of just even hearing Josh Gattis talk, I mean, it sounds like maybe Henry Parrish and Jalen Knighton might be a little bit ahead of of the rest of the guys. Um, So I think that that's one thing where maybe, maybe not learning, but maybe early in fall camp, it seems like those two guys maybe have it more figured
0: out. For me, I draw the line in the sand there. Yeah. And I know it's just one week. I do think more will play. Yeah. But who? I don't know who exactly. right now. I don't know who number three is, but I think we know who the top two are.
1: Yeah. And I think, I, I think that's fair to say. And I, again, I think that's kind of what we probably expected. I could think if we were here looking in the spring, we were, we probably would have been like, okay. I mean, just kind of watching Henry Parrish move around. It seems pretty evident that he can, he can probably play. And then we kind of know what Jalen Knighton has too. It, I kind of thought Jalen Knighton would be that guy, but then it's, and it's like we talked about in the fall preview pod, like what, what three through five. Can go many different ways. Like I feel like there's yeah. a few different combinations. Like, is it gonna? I mean, we we both got eyes on Travante Citizen. i we'll have watched him move around a little bit. I mean, he looks like a. I mean, again, kind of said, yeah, he looks like a, a real big time back. Could it be him? I mean, Don Chaney is in his third year in the program, maybe healthy. You know, I feel like the, they've talked good about him. Could he be the guy? But yeah, I mean, draw. I feel like drawing the line. Like these are the two guys, and that being Henry Parrish and Jalen right Knight. Now. I think it's yeah. Right now, exactly. Like if they Currently, had
0: to play Alabama today on Saturday. Yeah. I think those two guys would get the vast majority of the carries.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Number three, I think in the preview pod we said... Trevante. Trevante might get the third most carries. Yeah. Do you still feel confident in in that position?
1: I mean, I feel like just kind of looking at him, I mean, yeah. Like, again, like... I feel like it's kind of. I feel like either way you you go, you're kind of going out on a limb. I'd probably, I probably, maybe most torn between Travante and Don Cheney. But again, just kind of eyeing Trevante, I, it feels like he might be that guy. I don't know. I know that they're really excited about him. I know that he's someone that they kind of want to throw in there, see what he's got in a game. And and of course, you kind of look at the first, the first two opponents, Bethune Cookman, Southern Miss. That feels like a game where you can throw Trevante Citizen in there and be like, all right, man, Great. show me, show me what you can do. And I think if he kind of passes those two tests i mean i could see him being the, the number three guy the rest of the way i mean again i'm not saying that that's definitive or anything but i think there's going to be opportunity early for trevante citizen to cement himself as the number three guy but we'll see if it actually comes out that way
0: i think citizen you know i agree he's gonna have some opportunities those first two games i kind of view him more as like a second half of the season running back honestly i think like this first half of the season, I'm kind of thinking Thad might get the third most carries. Would you push back on that?
1: I mean, I don't know. Again, i I mean Thad's just a big dude. And I mean, again, I feel like You're it kind of fits. I'm I'm am I'm a Thad guy. Like I, I can see it working, but I also just kind of like again I don't know. I just kind of like the other guys. But like that is also a huge bruiser type. Like that could be attractive to these guys again, kind of like the style. I mean, stylistically, I feel like that Franklin could be that guy, but again, I feel like he's going to be the, a, a short potential short yardage guy. Like, are they going to give him the ball on, you know, second and nine or whatever. Like, I don't know if he's going to be that type of dude, but if it's, if it's third and one and you know, you really need to get yourself into the red zone or, you know, you're trying, you're kind of on like the 45, like you need to really, really move the sticks here. You know, I could see Thad Franklin going and then just, and just like, give us one yard. Like if you can give us one, if that Franklin can consistently, can can consistently fall forward, give them a couple yards, potentially break one here or there for, you know, 11 or 12. I think that that's, yeah, exactly. There's value there. I think that there's situations where, Thad Franklin can be Agreed. very, very useful, but I don't know if he's going to be like, we are giving Dad Franklin these carries and we're not giving them to these guys. Like, I don't know if it's going to be that intentional with Dad Franklin.
0: And Don, I, I don't know. To me, Don is, he, lo- you know, he's been fully cleared and he does look healthy, but I still kind of feel like he's still getting confidence back in his knee. Like, I don't know if he's back to being the Don that we saw prior to the injury. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And again, I think there's also a mental roadblock that you, ha- you yes. that these guys go through with these major injuries. And uh, you know, I think I, I heard him talking during media day about how, like, when he when he injured himself, like, you know, his dad came running. Like, when he was like, like his dad was there. Like, he was like, you know, it, it's 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 an emotional thing to go through. So, I think overcoming that is a whole other issue in itself. And then the competition and everything else coming in, I just feel like there's a lot right now for me to just say, all right, Don Cheney is definitely a guy in this
0: room. And there's going to be, to be clear, there's going to be more than two guys getting carries For sure. in this group. For we sure. just don't know who three, four will be. And, and ultimately, that's a good thing. Like, I do think the depth of this group is in a better spot overall compared to what Miami had last year. And I think that was a part of the reason why the run game was not productive last year. They had to lean on Jalen so heavily at the end of the season because they just didn't have bodies or, or guys they trusted. Um, to carry the ball so this year i do think there's going to be three or four guys maybe even five that they do trust to run the ball during the course of the year and uh you know i i do think the run game is going to be much more productive this year because of that and O line and physicality emphasis etc um wide receiver so this is the the main group where to me like this can determine the ceiling of this offense and the ceiling of this team. Um, is there anything in, in particular you feel like we've learned so far through the first week?
1: I mean, nothing that we're really, I don't know if there's anything we learned, but I just think we're st- I still have the still same guy, questions. Right? Yeah. there's just no point. clear, no clear. Number one, outside guy, uh, you know, not feeling great about, you know, yeah, just someone that I, again I just don't and obviously and of course I think we should also say we're also limited in what we've seen we haven't seen sure. like the one-on-ones we haven't seen them go 7 on 7 uh we haven't seen 11 on 11 we're kind of seeing them run routes on air uh still seeing some drops like casual drops like passes that maybe that they should you know just things that shouldn't probably happening in that setting you know again if you're you know major college receiver or anything like that so just little things like that that are still that still have me like I guess like worried or whatever but really my main thing is like who is the number one guy like we still don't know that yet
0: I agree but I will say this like I don't know if you agree with this but I think there is separation amongst the outside guys between Frank and Keyshawn and the rest of the pack and maybe that's not like a shocking statement but like to me like Jacoby is kind of below them Romello's below them Colby Young's below them like to me, Frank and Keyshawn are, are clearly the top two outside receivers right now. We'll see if that's the case during scrimmages. But I do think those guys have separated from that pack in this first week. And I do think Frank looks more comfortable now compared to the spring.
1: Yeah, and just kind of just, again, just sort of eyeing up Frank at the at the media day. Again, just kind of, he looks like he, he's, he's kind of just got to be the dude that does it. Like, it, it feels like it has to be Frank Latson, like, You know, Keyshawn, of course, but, you know, and it it is more encouraging to see Frank Lanson maybe a little bit more, like, in it, kind of confident, doing his thing or whatever. But, um, again, I just kind of just want to see more. Like, I just feel like we just kind of need to see it again. I feel like the scrimmage will be a great opportunity. Obviously, we probably won't be able to see that, but I'm hoping for good reviews from some of those outside guys, uh, you know, coming off uh, that scrimmage on, I, I think, I guess it's on Saturday. I don't know if that's, like, a thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, first scrimmage on Saturday. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but back to receiver talk, Restrepo, um, you know, I, I still think he's the top slot receiver Yeah, he alluded to there being some drops. He's been kind of dropping some passes every now and then, uh, in these practices, do you still, I don't know what's your take? <laughs> Cause yeah. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like you don't I mean, I feel like I feel like the maybe the most like the constant in this room, like the guy like, you know, I'd be like, all right, at least we know Xavier Restrepo is gonna, you know, be reliable or just, you know, he's right. gonna be able to and to see again to see these sort of things. And again, maybe it's not the end all be all mate. We're obviously not seeing everything like want to emphasize that, but it's not good to see like those casual drops where you're just running around. Like, I, again, I feel like that's kind of yeah, like everything. You know, maybe, yeah, exactly. How you do anything is how you do everything, right? <laughs> is, uh, you know, so, I mean, we don't want to, I mean, I don't want to be seeing that from Xavier Strebel again, just because I view him as, as, as Mr. Reliable, you know, that, that yeah. kind of guy. So, um you know, hopefully that's, that's not something that becomes an issue or that, you know, we sort of see, you know, or just kind of see him stack those types of performances or, you know, events or whatever you want to call it. So um yeah, it's kind of just an overall, like the whole receiver situation is just kind of muddy.
0: Where do you draw the line in terms of, playing playing rotation so I think you and I would both agree Frank Latson Keyshawn Smith yeah. Xavier Restrepo yeah. are going to be big part of the playing rotation yeah after them who do you have making that cut right now yeah I mean projecting right
1: yeah now. for sure I mean right now I mean I'd probably I mean I'd put Jacoby into that conversation um I would probably put Romelo Brinson into the outside conversation I wouldn't. you wouldn't put Romello in there
0: He's gotta yeah, show know. me more.
1: Yeah. But I think he I think he will end up being in there.
0: But we He's we'll see. not there today. Do you think Brashard Smith's there? Is Brashard Smith there for you? I think Brashard is there today. He's okay. looked pretty good, I think, in this first week. Yeah. He's to me, he's picked it up. Like he might be the most improved since the spring. And and it was a little rough at times in the spring for him. Yeah. Uh, but to me, he's been pretty consistent, you know, for what we get to watch. But yeah, I agree. I, I would put Colby there too. And I would put Brachard there. I mean, I are want... you drawing the line there. Yep. I would, I want to put Romello in there, but I don't know. I need to see more. Um, honestly, this might be hot takey, but for me, like just what my eyes tell me, what I've seen, I think Michael Redding is the next guy knocking on the door.
1: I wrote him down like I put his name down because I mean, again, this is just, again, you know, David, I'm obviously watching a lot of the offensive line. I'm trying to watch the far side of the field a lot, but I'm noticing like, at least during stretches and I don't know how much this matters or anything like that. Like, you know, I haven't seen Michael Redding run a ton of routes, but he's leading like one of those receiver lines. Like, you know, like when, when they're stretching and they're lining up, like Michael Redding is one of those guys in that front, in the front of those groups. And it's not just like, You know, first come, first serve. Like, of course, like these guys are organizing the order in which they're stretching and stuff like that, and all those types of things. It's an organizational chart or whatever it is that they do. I don't know how they describe it, but when they're stretching it, I mean, it is Michael Redding in the front of one of those lines. Does that matter? Like, is he someone that we see as a third-year redshirt freshman get onto the field for Miami?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I think he, I think he's got a chance to be a part of the rotation. I'm not, again, he's right. not above that line for me yet. Um, he's he, he's on the he's on the cusp, but he's knocking on the door. I think knocking uh, on the door. We'll see if he can make some plays at the scrimmages. And again, I'm not out here predicting like Michael Reddings gonna have a huge year or anything. Um, but I think there's something there. I, from what I could tell, he's working behind Jacoby, so. Um, you know. Kobe Young, what's your take on him? He's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, you know, to me, he he's he definitely has a chance. Like, he's a guy that has intriguing traits. Yeah. But to me, like soonest, soonest, soonest he would play is second half of the season, maybe. Yeah. But I I think either he has to take significant jumps in his game or the guys ahead of him just have to be total trash. Like, yeah. to me, Colby's like, Let's see how this looks a year from now, but the guy could play like he's got, he moves well for his size in terms of agility. You know, the speed isn't like, doesn't going to, isn't going to blow you away, but we should have known that. Right. That's not yeah. surprising to us. Uh, but what's your take on Colby? Yeah. I
1: mean, with Colby, I, I think a lot of it's just kind of like the timing in, in which he got here too. Like, I feel like there's a lot to sort of go through. I feel like, you know, he missed the whole spring, yeah. uh, you know, it was kind of like a mid summer arrival, you know, later than everyone else. Um, so I think with him, it's just about like, you kind of got to catch up and I don't know if he's going to be ready to be like fully, you know, caught up by like, like what we were saying, maybe middle second half of the season, if things don't, aren't going the right way that we're just like, we need to throw this guy out there. Let's see what we got here. Um, but you know, I'm looking at Colby young, I'm looking at Isaiah Horton and I'm thinking, let's see what it's like in 2023. You know, that's kind of like the way I view both of those guys right now.
0: Agreed. And I think Horton, I think Horton can play too, you yeah. know, um, uh, yeah, but to me, he's a guy down the road, too. I would register Horton.
1: For sure. Um,
0: tight end. My biggest takeaway here, and it's somewhat related to the wide receivers, Gabby. My biggest takeaway with the tight ends is this. I just want to see more two tight ends on the field together than three receiver looks. I think Will Mallory and Elijah Royo can be weapons. They're talented. They're a talented combo. Um, you know. In their own right, individually, they can do things as well. But I think for like if we're talking about putting your best eleven on the field, Will Mallory and Elijah Arroyo need to be on the field more times together than not. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is I would rather have two tight ends than a slot receiver on the field.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I, again, I think you the way one of the ways you kind of supplement this you know receiver issue is that you have two really good tight ends and. My takeaways. One of my takeaways is just like you know, I know that they really, like, you know, people really like, um, um, Will Mallory. Like, I think people really around the program really like Will Mallory. I, I think, I think Elijah Royo again, just based on what we've learned from Media Day till now. I mean, I think he has the profile of an NFL tight end. Like, you know, I yeah. think Miami has two solid, you know, tight ends there. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, again, if you don't have the strongest receivers. I think you have two really, you know, dependable tight ends that could be good in the run game, passing game, all that type of stuff, and. I think you kind of emphasize those guys. And I think that takes something off your receivers. Maybe. I, I mean, I think that, you know, again, I don't know. I think that's just the way that I sort of look at it. Like the tight ends are really strong. Like what you saying, I would maybe rather have two tight ends. than. would you, you know, would you rather slot. have that? I mean, I think so. I mean, I just think like I like the put, idea
0: of it. You basically put Mallory as a slot receiver. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think I'm fine with that. I, I I know Will, Will Mallory's had his sort of ups and downs, you know, as yeah. a, as a pass catcher too, but I think he had a good, a good second half last year. Um, you know, again, as long as he can stay healthy and be on the field, I think right. he's someone worth having out there and, you know, he can move. He's athletic. Uh, he's one of the older guys now, you know, definitely a vet. And, you know, again, I'll kind of, I'll ride with those guys in in, in a, a lot of the time. So especially if we get to the point where it's just like, all right, these receivers really just aren't taking that next step. I mean, I would go just all in on the tight ends.
0: Where do you draw the line in the sand in terms of, playing rotation guys and maybe we should define this right let's yeah let's maybe define playing rotation as 20 snaps a game yeah do you draw the line at those two and that's it or do you have someone else above that line
1: I mean, I probably have those, I probably have those two mostly, but like, I mean, I would like, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy or maybe I'm overthinking this, but like, is it, is it wild to think like, like Dominic Mamorelli could be like a blocker, like, you know, just to kind of like an in like type of guy that can just kind of help him in the run game, like a special teams. I mean, I don't know. He's probably the only one Like, I don't know if Jalil Skinner will get that 20 snaps a game. I don't think Khalil Brantley will. I think if there's anyone that could maybe just kind of, you know, yeah, get in I there, think- just kind of like a big blocker type, it would probably be Mamorelli, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you draw the line at Mallory and Arroyo, and they probably sprinkle in the rest here and there situationally. Like, I could see Brantley get used as an H-back. I could see, like you're saying, Mamarelli used as a blocker. And Skinner, you know, um, he's a freak athlete, and we saw him make plays in the spring. um, But doing it in the fall is a totally different level, and he might be a year away. I think we'll see him, uh, but are we going to see him 20 plus snaps per game you know barring injury yeah to the guys ahead of them i don't know about that um but this is a this is this group's in good shape uh, and you know i remember thinking what was it tuesday tuesday's practice when we were out there you know i was watching elijah a little bit and i was just thinking to myself self elijah arroyo looks really good out here I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a weird moment. Um, <laughs> offensive line. Um, I don't know, man. For, the biggest thing, I feel like we've kind of set the table for this. Yeah, for sure. But, but I do feel like, and I hope I don't jinx it here, but I do feel like internally, and I believe it as well, I think this group's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and And I would say that even with Zion Nelson out. Like I think the group gets even better when Zion comes back fully healthy whenever that is. Um, I just think there's a lot of experience there. Frankly, I think there is like some NFL talent on this offensive line. I'm not saying like first round pick necessarily, but you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round type potential guys. I think they're really taking to the coaching from Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal, and I think they really like this new physicality mindset and push. Um, you know, playing in this, playing for Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal is like an offensive lineman's dream. And I feel like these guys are just waking up. Uh, you know, from being in a system that didn't necessarily fully utilize their abilities in the run game, and and we already know from last year that their pass protection is quite good. Um, yeah. And honestly, if you had to pick a phase to improve at, you would say, hey, I would much rather have an offensive line that I needed to figure out how to get them better at run blocking. Um, because to me, that is about physicality. That is about a mindset. Um, and so I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Gabby, but I'm kind of excited about this offensive line.
1: Yeah. I mean, just kind of being, I mean, again, just Mario Cristobal being around Alex Mirabal. I mean, these guys don't mess around. Like, I mean, just even talking to like just kind of the recruits and stuff like that. Like Alex Mirabal is like, I mean, he, he just gets it, you know, he's obviously not, you know, this big former NFL offensive lineman, but he just gets it. And he had, he has a way of of like gearing these guys up and just helping them understand like how that stuff goes. And, a a way that a lot of people describe him is, is, is as a teacher. Like he's a great teacher of the position. And I think that's what this team needs. I think Mario Cristobal brings the mentality and all that stuff. They kind of have to buy into like, his persona what that is so yeah i mean i think the offensive line will be better and like what you said i mean i think that i think there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged i think john campbell being fully healthy is encouraging i think jalen yes. rivers you know coming coming out potentially you know being a tackle for miami i think that's encouraging i mean you have a lot of these guys who came back you got dj scafe you throw uh, justice all sean in there who's played um you know logan is another guy that's in the rotation and you know some of these other guys I, I mean i think you have a group that you can be pretty excited about right like and then you, again, you kind of factor in Zion Nelson and whatever happens when he comes back. I mean, I think you have, I mean, you're talking about like maybe late NFL rounds guys. I mean, Zion Nelson's one. Right. I think John Campbell potentially could be one again. I mean, Jalen Rivers is the guy I think is going to get yep. drafted at some point. You know, I think those DJ's are- DJ's
0: got a shot. I yeah, think, maybe.
1: I mean, those are a few guys. I mean, when was the last time we could say Miami's offensive line had three, potentially four right. NFL guys on there? Um, You know, I don't, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty big deal. And again, I think these are the right guys we want leading that room and, you know, kind of the resurgence of this offensive line. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just not right. I'm just not ruling out Mario Cristobal. I'm not ruling out uh, Alex Mirabal. And um, you know, I think that they're going to get these guys right. And kind of hearing them talk, right. Like even hearing like Jalen Rivers talk and John, John Campbell talk and some of these other guys talk, it just sounds like it's different. So it's different. I think that's and, always a good sign.
0: And Josh Gaddis, quite frankly, came out and said at media day like i am really excited about this offensive line and he's not a guy that will blow smoke Like he's he pretty much didn't praise any other position group no (laughs) uh,
1: no uh, definitely not the
0: receivers right so you know i I think there's something there so the line let's draw a line the sand of the guys that we think are really in the rotation and i'll give you i got eight guys right now yeah And, and you tell me if you agree or if you would add someone but I think it's eight guys. I'll throw Zion in there, even though he's not healthy right yeah. now. He should be on this list, right? Zion, uh, DJ Scaife, Ja'Kai Clark, Jalen Rivers, Justice Shone, John Campbell, Logan Sagapolo. And to me, number eight, <clears throat> sorry, is Usman Treyor.
1: Yeah, I, I think the that bottom half. I mean, I had Jonathan Dennis on there, too, just because they brought him in. I feel like they kind of yeah, like him. We'll
0: see. But yeah, yeah
1: I think he's kind of a, I think, again, the, the Usman Trey or Jonathan Dennis or that's, that's probably, probably a yeah, that's probably a, that bottom half of that battle, which, you yeah. know, is, is it seven guys? Really? Is it eight guys? I mean, could it potentially I think ideally you'd like could to be nine. feel comfortable to have Jonathan Dennis and a guy like Usman Trey where you can mix in there. But yeah, that's where I'm just kind of like after this. That's like my cutoff point.
0: So let's do this too. And this is opinion-based, right? So let's give our left to right offensive line, starting offensive lines, pre. so with Zion out and with Zion back healthy, okay? I'll go first if you want. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can shoot off of that. So my Zion hurt, this is for me personally. I'm not like reporting, basing it off anything, whatever, whatever. Um, I would go with Zion Hurt. I would start John Campbell at left. I would go Justice Oluwashon left guard. I would go Ja'Kai Clark center. I would go DJ Scaife right guard, and I would go Jalen Rivers right tackle. That's money. That's, that's you, the that that's totally I mean agree. that's
1: yeah yeah that's like the way that it would go. Like I so, the like debate
0: though it would be is right.
1: the tackle space. I think.
0: Well, I think yes, yeah, Scafe and Rivers. I think yeah. right guard, right tackle, and maybe that's kind of just a coin flip. I don't know, but to me, I think, I think Rivers could be your right tackle long term, honestly. Yeah. So I would just do that, stick with it, and also too, I think the other debate is Logan. I think Logan is in the mix, you know, with Justice Oluishon, uh for one of those guard spots, but. I just think justice is more physically body type wise. He brings more to the table um, than Logan. And honestly, that
1: sounds like a good offensive line, even like, like if Zion just wasn't on the, like, it sounds like an offensive line that could work.
0: Right. To me, Logan long-term is a center. Maybe. Would you you push back on that?
1: I just, I don't don't know if he'll actually ever end up actually there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, I like from a size and stuff standpoint, I would say, yeah, probably.
0: And then with Zion back. So how would I change that? How would I change up the lineup? So I would be, of course, Zion to me is left tackle. I would slide John Campbell to left guard over justice. Then I would go Jakai center, DJ Scaife, right guard, Jalen rivers, right tackle would you push back on having John in at left guard?
1: I mean, I, I think, I think that if John Campbell was willing to play left guard, I think that would be best case scenario. Cause I think that's the best offensive line. I mean, I think that's just from a like, talent perspective. Yeah. From a talent standpoint. I mean, that's a really, really, really good offensive line. And I mean, if he's really insistent on playing, I mean, again, I, I think that, I think we both think that Jalen rivers could be, you know, a tackle, you know, that he, that probably where he could be where he could best a right best play. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if John Campbell, I mean, if they I don't know if because Jalen Rivers was also a really good left guard. I think the only maybe other combination I see there is John Campbell at right tackle and then move Jalen Rivers back to left guard where he's played a long time. But that left side of that line, I mean, I think that's that's solid. I think you feel pretty good about Scaife and Campbell next to each other on the right side, too. So, um, you know, again, I I think there's there's different ways that it could work. But I mean, that would be my favorite scenario, which would be Zion, Campbell, Clark, uh, Scaife. And um, Rivers. and Jalen Rivers at right tackle.
0: Yeah, there's talent there. And I think eternally, too, they would tell you, you know, our depth isn't where we want it at offensive line. So, you know, if they get hit by another injury beyond this Zion thing, it could start getting a little shaky. Um, But the top starter level talent that they have on this offensive line they feel good about it. They feel like they have plenty to work with there. So, uh, yeah, let's take a break here, Gabby, and then on the other side of this break, we will discuss defense. All right, we are back, Gabby. Let's start with the D line, and specifically, let's start with defensive end. Um, you know, defensive line. I mean, we're we're gonna focus here on DN, but there's a lot of rotation here. There's a lot of new names to know. There's a lot of new positions that I think guys are kind of working out of. What has stood out to you about the defensive end group in particular that you've noticed?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think overall, it's. I mean, it just seems like a really athletic group. I think there's a couple guys. Again, we, we just talked about the offensive line and how there could be a couple NFL guys, you know, there. I think there's potentially a couple NFL guys in the in the defensive ends room. I mean, I think Mitchell Gude is built like, you know, a potential NFL pass rusher. I think Jafari Harvey has some traits that could be really good. I mean, again, people are yeah. optimistic about what this 2022 is going to look like there. And you got some pups. You know, you got Nigel e. Kelly, who I think you know can be can be good. You got a guy like Cyrus Moss, who I think has a very bright future ahead of him. So I think the room is good. But when we're talking about just the guys that are probably going to get on the field right now. Um, you know, I think you have to look at Mitchell Agude, Jafari Harvey. Does Akeem Mesidor play end? I think we saw a little bit of that I during practice is. number four. Yeah. So I mean, that's I'd, the guys, thing
0: I'm taking away, honestly. Yeah, is, it's
1: like Mesidor is kind of in there too.
0: He's playing. So it seems like, from what I can tell from watching what we can watch, you got the stand-up edge rush guys, and to me, that's Harvey, Agude, uh, Nigelik, and Cyrus. Yeah. And then you got kind of like the bigger. I don't know what you want to call them. Uh, edge setting defensive, yeah, strong
1: side defensive ends.
0: So you got Mezador, Chance is over there with those yeah. guys. Uh, Elijah
1: Richard Roberts, yeah,
0: and I think Jabari Ishmael is the other one. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of. I found it interesting that they're right right now. They're not working Harvey and Agude as the starting ends on opposite sides, right? They kind of got a rotation there. And I did find it interesting that from what we see, for the most part so far, I do think he's going to play some inside, but Mesidor seems to be focusing mostly at defensive end right now. Um, I found that interesting as well. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, overall, I think it's fair to say this group, you know, is in a better place than last year. Where would you put the line? Where would you draw the line in the sand in terms of these are the guys who, if they played a game today, these guys would be playing in the rotation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, think I don't think probably, it's that hard. Yeah, and I think it's a day Jafari Harvey, Messidor, Chance, and I think Elijah Roberts is probably the fifth guy for me.
0: For me, Elijah's knocking on the door. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, but I think projecting he will be. You know, I yeah. think he's just got to show up in these scrimmages, do his thing, and he will be.
1: Yeah, I know. I I just know they like they like Elijah Roberts. I think that they yeah. they, they they like they think he's a really good player. I think him getting out for spring probably stung a little bit. Um, but yeah. I mean, I probably I might thump him into that top group. But yeah, he, he's probably he's the last one there. Right. So I mean, I think it can go either way.
0: Right. So if it's down to if it's five, I think Elijah's the fifth. I think if we're extending the group to six. I think Nigel is the for next sure. guy.
1: Yeah, I think Nigel would be too.
0: And watching Nigel it's nice. Yeah. I mean, for sure. He's going to get, he
1: can get after it. I mean, he has a high motor. I think he's just got to, there's other things that he needs to kind of, you know, just put together as a true freshman who's right. really, again, I think we talk about it. I mean, just kind of have to hammer this home every time we talk about Nigel He's 17 years old. Like he's not yet even 18. So there's still a lot left there. And the fact that he's, six foot four, 240 plus pounds right now, and still moves around like a freak is a, is a really big deal. So, and I get talking to Akeem Mesidor at that media day. He just thinks that he's like, he thinks Nigel Kelly's a future, big, big time player. So just kind of kind of let him just continue to marinate a little bit more.
0: And yeah, I think overall this defensive end groups in a much better spot, you know, last year Miami entered the season with what Zach McLeod. Yeah. Yeah the Tennessee transfer might me DeAndre Johnson, DeAndre Johnson. Um, you know, this group just has more juice to it um, than last year. So it's in a good spot and it's going to be a different system. You know, it's going to be more, uh, you know, it's not going to be uh, reckless getting upfield. You know, I think there's going to be some purpose to it. Uh, defensive tackle. This is a very interesting group to me, Gabby. I'm very, yeah. very, very curious like what the snap counts are going to be over the course of the season and from game to game for this group because there is a lot of bodies here. I think, I think there's a lot of guys that can play a good amount of snaps, which is a good thing because right. um, you shouldn't really have big bodies like this playing 40 snaps in a game, in my opinion. I think the sweet spot for like these good defensive tackles is like 25 to 30 snaps and you just let them eat. You let, you know, you let them push the pedal to the metal for those 25 to 30 snaps. That's how you get the most out of this defensive tackle group. Um, you know, I think too, when you, when you can roll this many guys in, it helps the linebackers fill more consistently, um, because the defensive tackles aren't going to be tired and get eaten up on the inside. And I think it allows the pass rush to be more effective, but lots of bodies in this rotation. I'm curious how deep you go in drawing the line of <laughs> the playing rotation with this. It's pre-
1: I feel like it's pretty deep. Like I don't, I, I, yeah. I kept going and I was just like, I don't know where
0: exactly to stop here. Like,
1: I mean, I, again, assuming a key is kind of like one of those both inside outside guys. I mean, you have to throw them in there. Um, I mean Darrell Jackson is someone that absolutely to me is in there. Leonard Taylor to me is in there, Jake Mm -hmm. Lichtenstein is in there. Um Jordan Miller, I feel like he's someone that's kind of in there. You know, I feel like he's been I think he I think he's someone you have to kind of factor in. Antonio Moultrie. Um, I think is someone you have to factor in. Um, and then I feel like maybe this is maybe where we can start having a conversation. I I mean, I think even Jared Harrison Hunt, like I think he's 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 someone. I think he's someone that's in there as well. And then it's like Elijah Roberts, if he kind of goes in or outside or like, I think he's someone that's, that's maybe there too. So, you know, I feel like it goes pretty deep. I mean, I guess if, if Elijah Roberts kicks back inside, if he does kind of go both a little bit, I think I would probably draw the line out of Elijah Roberts, but I mean, Jared Harrison Hunt might be the line for me, like right after there.
0: I think there's six true D tackles. And then like you're saying, you add bezador that's seven, you add Roberts, that could be eight, right? But those guys are also playing some end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Jared Harrison Hunt is definitely there. I mean, who knows what this looks like after the scrimmages, right? Yeah. But to me, like Jared's working a lot with the first team. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't necessarily put him on the bottom of that list at this point. Uh, I was just, I, I didn't put him in like an order. I just kind of rattled okay. off. I just started rattling off names. Okay, Good um let's have a leonard taylor discussion because you know the fan base he's a five-star recruit there's a there's a connection there because of that um and there's a lot of excitement with leonard because of that and leonard is a big time talent what's your take on leonard going into this into this season are you concerned are you worried etc etc how are you viewing leonard this year
1: yeah, I mean, I just feel like he's a part of the rotation again. Like, I'm like, is there like any like real like star power on th- in this rotation? Like, I don't know if there's any of that. Like, I think Glenn Taylor potentially, you know, has maybe some of that, I guess. But like, I-, I don't know that. I just don't know if there's just like is he that... ready yet. Yeah, I-, I don't know if there's like he's he's not like that clear cut guy yet, in my opinion, right. just from what I've seen. I think he's just another body that you go in there and you're talking about you, you you said it David he's a guy that you can throw in there 25 30 snaps and if he can just roll for those 25 30 snaps i think we're i think we're going to see him be super productive yes. but i don't know that he's going to be like this you know first team all conference i don't i don't i don't know like you know i'm i'm just not sure just because there is going to be such a heavy rotation but i i prefer Leonard Taylor in this situation where you know he doesn't have to be out there for you know 40 yeah. 50 snaps a game you can kind of throw him in there let him run while he's hot, flip him out, and then let him catch his breath, throw him back in there. And I think, again, I think when he's rolling, he's going to be as good as any of those guys. So, you know, we saw it last year. We saw the flashes, you know, all yeah. the tackles for loss. I think we're still going to see more of that. Like, I think that we're going to see a lot of those different types of things. And I think Leonard Taylor still has some really, really, really good football in front of him.
0: Absolutely. I think you got to let guys figure it out and develop on their time. You know, like you said, we've seen the flashes, we see the talent. Um, But you have to. And honestly, too, like, I think this gets lost as well. Like, that position is a grown man position. And so I think older players generally have more success at that position. Leonard's still going into just his second year. Um, And it wasn't like he was an early enrollee freshman, right? Um, So, you know, you look at Miami's roster right now at that position, you have guys that are very old, like Jake Lichtenstein, Antonio Moultrie, Jordan Miller jared harrison hunt is much is is older than leonard taylor so uh you know you have guys like that that are just pros basically right in terms of their mentality and approach and their their strength um, with the work they've done over many years of a college level weight program so you know you, you got to give leonard taylor some time and this is going to be a, a a time for leonard to show hey i'm up for this challenge i'm going to raise my play i'm going to raise my consistency if he does that he's going to emerge as one of the best d tackles on the team like it's it's all up to him how does he respond yeah. to this because from a talent perspective he's either the most talented or the second most talented depending on how you view daryl jackson yeah let's I think that's fair let's discuss daryl jackson
1: i mean freak I don't know how else to describe him. Like the guy's just absolutely just like massive. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of. I, I don't know. Just it's hard to get a look inside some of those one on ones that we saw in the offensive line, defensive line. But I, I mean, I did get to kind of see him go through a who rep did he behind.
0: Beat? Did you see the alignment? I beat? didn't see who
1: he, I didn't see. I didn't see who okay. he beat. Um, I just saw the. I just saw the big number six on his back, and then I just saw him move around a little bit, and He's then elite. I just saw. Then I just saw Joe Salovea just jump up and start smacking him in the helmet. I was like, all right, he did it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't see exactly who it was in front of him, but I mean, even when we're watching him in the stretch lines, like I just, I, I've stood behind the defensive line. I think all three of the practices that I've watched, and I've just kind of looked at number six and just been like, "Oh my god, like this guy's just yeah. huge!" Like, so he looks
0: like an Alabama type D-, D for tackle. sure. You yeah, know what I mean? he
1: looks like a he looks like a defensive like from a size standpoint. Right, that should be like you know, not saying that he should be playing anywhere else. Miami should be getting yeah, yeah, this yeah. quality of defensive but lineman prototype. But, Exactly. He's prototype like these guys that typically play at these, you know, the Georges, the Alabamas, yes. those types of places. I mean, just from a size standpoint, obviously we need to see him do it on the field, showed some flashes as a freshman, but he's also put on like 15, 20 pounds since he got to Miami. And that just and he kind moves of, well, have you watched yeah. him move? Yeah, no, yeah. he's definitely, I mean, he's flexible. Uh, you know, I feels yeah. like, you know, when he's stretching and stuff, he doesn't seem like awkward or anything. He seems like he can move around for sure. And watching him run um, all those types of things. Again, I'm super, super excited to see what he kind of brings to, cause again, just looking at the ACC and all that stuff. I mean, these are not the, t- the type of defensive linemen. They're accustomed to rolling up against. Well, yeah. So that's,
0: we've kind of seen this like, and they're different players, right? Cause Daryl Jackson is still, he's probably, I don't know, 60 pounds heavier than Greg Russo. Yeah. But why was Greg Rousseau able to have so much success at Miami when he kicked inside? It's because he has those go-go gadget arms, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of times in college football, it's a, there's a lot of things that go into it, right. In terms uh in terms of O-line D-line play, but a big part of it is it's a race to get your hands on the other guy. And Daryl Jackson's going to get his hands on these interior offensive linemen. You know, a lot of these ACC interior there, like a lot of these ACC teams and college teams in general, like the offensive tackles look the part for the most part, you know, six, five, six, six long arm guys, but then the, the interior guys, you know, they're going to be a little more thought off and their wingspan's going to be probably just a little bit more than their height. And so a guy like Daryl Jackson can eat, uh, just based off his ability to lock you out with his arms and push you back. Um, that's a big advantage at the college yeah. level. Um, so we'll see. Do you, let's say that, I mean, I don't know yet how I feel about this. I I guess let's see how scrimmages go and the feedback we get in that regard. Do you think Daryl's going to start or do you think we should pump the brakes on that? He's going to be a, a, a big time rotational guy.
1: I don't know, man. Again, I think we have to see the scrimmages, but I could, I would not be surprised if like Bethune Cookman rolls around and he's trotting out there. Like honestly, just because, I mean, I just feel like, again, the the body type, and I, I feel like he's a guy Mario Cristobal just looks at, and it's just like, hell yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I could see that just being like, all right, Daryl Jackson's, like, you know, he could potentially start. But again, how quickly are those starters going to kind of move around and stuff, too? So I could see him playing, like, starter
0: reps. They're like all going to play. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're all going to play, exactly.
0: Who do you want, like... This is, this is a different question than who do you project the coaching staff to pick as the starting 2d tackles? Who does Gabby want to be the starting 2d tackles?
1: I don't know. Um, I think Daryl, I think Daryl Jackson would probably be one of them. Um, the other, I don't know. I would like to see Leonard Taylor. Like I think Daryl Jackson, Leonard Taylor would be an interesting combination, um, You know, honestly, I kind of like what I've seen from like Jake Lichtenstein too. I don't know. I feel like he could be interesting. Um, I mean, I'd probably go just just from like a freak, like a freak talent standpoint. I mean, give me Daryl Jackson and Leonard Taylor. I think that would be kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you were going to project the coaches, what the coaches do. Well, from what my eyes tell me that I see, right. I think it's going to be one of these three, Jake, Jared and Jordan. Would you push back on that?
1: No, I mean I can definitely I can definitely see something like that. Like that's what I that's what I think is probably the most likely, but at well, this point. Like yeah, this right can now. all
0: change after scrimmages and all that For stuff. For sure. But yeah, this group dramatically improved from a year. For sure. Ago. For sure. Linebacker. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't really like talking about this group. Uh, I'm and also too, this is a group where I, I am curious about, you know, what the feedback is when the pad comes on and yeah. What changes they make after the scrimmages, all that stuff, but it looks like there's a clear top four when we're talking the middle and weak. Uh, that's Corey, Flag, Caleb Johnson in the middle. Corey's been getting mostly first team reps thus far, and then Wayman Steed and Keontre Smith at the weak. Wayman getting most of the first team reps thus far. Wesley Bassaint getting first team reps at strong side. I don't know how much we're gonna see strong side though, like. How much are we expecting to see three linebacker looks in this yeah. defense? I think they're going to go more star than yeah. three linebackers, but Wesley's getting first team strong side looks. Uh, it seems like Wesley and Chase yeah. Smith are kind of getting those looks there. But I don't know, Gabby. I Linebacker to me this year kind of is what it is. I don't know. Are are you hyped about what you've seen from Caleb Johnson, the yeah. UCLA
1: I think, I think I am. Um, I think he's someone that, again, if we're we're projecting just like, if I'm saying who I think is going to, like, I think Caleb Johnson's probably a guy that I would feel just based on what we have seen, the little we have seen. I feel like he is the guy that I would project to to start in the middle, like over Corey flag. So, I mean, I guess we'll still have to see how that goes again. We'll see how that changes with scrimmages and stuff like that, but just kind of me eyeballing him. I think I could see him taking that step, which would be a pretty big deal just given he hasn't been here super long but I, think I do it will think happen. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably one of my biggest takeaways is I think Caleb Johnson could start. I think chase Smith and Wesley have a chance to play. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those guys are on the field. What um, I'm looking
0: for there. I want to see them make a move after the scrimmage. I want to see, okay, scrimmage one, you know, let's, let's really start working our depth chart the way it should be worked. I want to see after scrimmage one, Wesley and, or chase, start to get some looks at weak side.
1: Yeah, I, I think that would be that would be not, because I think those are two of the more talented, you know, yeah. linebackers in the room. So, yeah, I mean, I would I would love to see those guys get some run. And I think they can, you know, I think they're setting it up. I don't know. Just my sort of take is that they're setting it up in a way where, like, I think Chase or or, or Wesley, both those guys are going to end up kind of competing for, like, meaningful playing time. But I don't know. Maybe that's just my read on the situation.
0: I think we'll see. You know, I want to see how that progresses after these scrimmages corner. Um, One of the things I feel like I we've learned after this first week, and we kind of saw this in the spring too. And we saw it with the results from the spring game when the group played really well, I really like Jamal Adai. I think he's a very good coach. He's clearly a technician out there. When we watch, Uh, you can just tell like, ideally, With the coaching staff, you want to be able to say, yeah, this position coach has the ability to go on and be a coordinator, or this coordinator has the ability to go on and be a head coach. To me, Jamal Adai has the ability to be a defensive coordinator down the road.
1: I think, I mean, just kind of. I don't know. Where, I, they had like a coaching seminar or something like that earlier. I guess it was probably in the spring. It's when I think Jimmy Johnson came, Ed Orgeron came, uh, Darren Rizzi came. All these guys came to talk, and they invited obviously a bunch of the local coaches or coaches from across the state. Or and you know, one like I was talking to one of the coach, a local coach, on his way out, and that's exactly what they said about Jamal the, uh, a day is that. Right. He like he talks like he's someone that is going to be a future yeah. head coach one day, you know, yeah. of course, you got to climb that ladder of being a coordinator right. and all that stuff. But they're like the way he speaks and breaks down defensive backs. Like he sounds like someone that is going to like he's like a really, really intelligent guy that is going to, you know, yep. continue to climb in his career. So, um, you know, I think other people who have been around Jamal Day kind of, you know, say the same things about him.
0: He's got a presence to him as well, which is important when you're talking head coach stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, the line of playing rotation. I'm curious where you cut this off. Um I'll give you how I did it. Um, for now, this is again today. I'm not projecting to. Are you
1: are you going like nickel guys in here?
0: So I'll divide it. So first I'll go outside corners. Okay. So I got four there. I got okay. Tyreek, DJ Ivy, yeah, Isaiah Dunson. Uh-huh. daryl porter yeah am i missing anyone you think
1: i mean again i again maybe again it's it's just someone who we probably probably shows more i thought maybe al blades is probably like that french guy i think, think he's a safety
0: be. i view him as a safety
1: okay uh um, then then those are the four then those were the, the only person i kind of threw in there with like a question mark was al blades okay
0: nickel i think it's just to Corey, yeah today um and then star it's just Gilbert to me. Yeah. Now I do think Jaden Harris is one to watch potentially, uh, from what we could see, he was working on at nickel behind yeah. to Corey. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of people, some people on the boards are asking us about Marcus Clark. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I didn't
1: put him. I didn't put him on
0: there. Yeah. We'll see. Um, But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think this group, you know, I think it's huge that – and Isaiah, one of these days, Isaiah was working with the first team instead of Tyreek. So, you know, I'll say this. If Jamila Dye can get, you know, DJ Ivy – so DJ Ivy right now is running with the first team, and he is a guy that will tease you with his physical stature looks the part, right? Um uh, I I I've maintained that there I've always believed there's something there. Now he has not played up to that ability at a consistent level to this point. If Jamal and I could get something out of DJ Ivy, man, that to me that says a lot about his coaching ability. Um yeah. And I think it says a lot about his coaching ability that he he's turned Isaiah Dunson into something that's pretty good. Um, From what we see so far, you know, we'll we'll see in real games. Uh, Daryl Porter, do you have any takes there? I mean, I think he's definitely going to help. I would put him as a starter. We'll see if he can earn that stature with scrimmage performances. Uh, But how much do you think Daryl Porter is going to help this group?
1: Yeah, that's one of the notes I down. I was like, I think Miami actually has something in, in Daryl Porter and, you know, I think he's going to help just because he's also, again, another guy that's just experienced, right? Like he's played, yeah. you know, he's played a lot of big 12 football. Um, You know, that's I, again, kind of a passing league. So he's come, I think he's comfortable with the ball in the air, com- comfortable being in coverage. I think that that matters um, again. And you, like you, you mentioned it just kind of seeing him in person. He does have like some thickness to him. He's not like the biggest body yeah. or anything like that but he's not just like a slight, I mean, I think coming out of high school, he probably looked that way, like kind of slight, but I think he's put on weight. Well, I think he can, I think he moves around. Well, I think he has, uh, you know, really good feed. Yeah. He's smooth and all that stuff. So yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm projecting him as a starter right now. I might, honestly, I could definitely like, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Porter, if it's, you know, Tyreek Stevenson and Daryl Porter or or something like that, to start things off or, but you know, I think he's someone that's going to absolutely help Miami and I view him as a a firm part of, of the rotation for sure.
0: We should note, too, like we'd heard rumblings behind the scenes from credible people that Tyreek would be getting looks at the star position. You know, I think we still have reason to believe that is the case. But while we're out there, we are not seeing that. So we'll see if that happens. And, you know, maybe Tyreek's getting some looks at that star with Gilbert Frierson, et cetera. And frankly, at Media Day, Tyreek pretty much told me he's willing to play star. So. You know, it's not. It wasn't like some shocking thing that I yeah. when when I brought it up to him that he didn't know. Um, safety, to me, there's a clear top four: uh, James Williams, Avante Williams, Cam Kitchens, and Al Blades. Um, that's where I kind of put the line of guys that are going to play. Um, I do think. You know, Markeith always catches my eye out there. Mar- Markeith Williams, the true freshman safety. I don't think he's going to play this year, but I do think there's something there down the road um, that's encouraging. And honestly, too, Brian Bala catches my eye. He just looks, you know, hes he's gone through some frustrating neck injury things here the last year or two. Uh, and he does look like his body's looking stronger. He, he's He's looking good from a physical standpoint. So that was good to see again, I don't know if Brian's necessarily going to play much this year. Um, but he does catch my eye every now and then. Any thoughts on safety?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think what you said is fine. And then I, Brian Balaam is someone that just kind of came to mind for me just cause, you know, I think, again, I, I just think there's something there. Like again, I, he's another third year redshirt freshman. So he's someone that's going to be around the program. I mean, I guess if he doesn't transfer for a while and, uh, You know, I think, again, I think there might be something to him. Not, I don't know how much he's going to crack the rotation or anything, but I know he, I think, I guess a couple of years ago against Clemson kind of got thrown into the fire and wasn't, I mean, horrific, I guess. And I think had to fill in for, for some time. So I think he's someone that could potentially be a fourth or fifth guy, depending on how things go. But yeah, I think the top, I mean, I think the Vontae, James Williams, Cam Kitchens are like your clear cut. Like those are your three guys that you're rolling with.
0: Do you care who starts amongst those three? Are you passionate? I'm
1: not. I'm really, really not. I'm really um, not either. Yeah, I think it would be cool if I it's think like, all a, good, yeah, I think but... they're all good. I think it would be cool if it's like Avante and James Williams. And then, you know, I think Cam's a guy you can, really, I just because it could be like Williams and Williams. But again, no real preference. Like, I think whatever happens there is, is yeah. going to be fine. Like, I Yeah, they're all going to play. And I think all three, like all any of those three on the field at any given time, I'm yes. like, I'm cool with that.
0: All right, let's go to some questions from the board. Um, you know, we've been talking for a while, so we're not going to get to all of them, but we'll touch on some of them. Let's start with this one, Gabby. Uh, it comes from 813 Kane Squad. His question is, over under nine and a half wins, what are you taking? I oh. see a top quarterback, a stable of backs. Questions at wide receiver, but talented elite tight ends a veteran offensive line with better coaching defensively i see a deep defensive line and a deep secondary with a better scheme i look i like us at 10 and 2 hot take we steal the game in a and m but lose to clemson and the trap game like virginia so over under nine and a half wins what do you got
1: I'll probably, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I still feel good about nine and three. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the under there for now.
0: I'm going to go conservative to nine and three. Now, you know, maybe this is a cop out or whatever, but uh, I want to see how this team looks against Texas A&M. Yeah. That's when we'll know what this team is all about from an ability standpoint and from a fight slash culture standpoint. Does that make sense? For sure. Like, absolutely don't get blown out against yeah. another SCC team please yeah. don't do that it's uh, year
1: one i mean we i feel like we can only go based on what we know and what we know is that miami hasn't gone into games like that and won so i feel like we yeah. can't just like i i just can't sit here and say oh miami's gonna beat texas a&m or anything like that like i'm not ready to be there yet if this was year two or year three and we'd seen it once or maybe twice before I'd be like yeah you know what miami sure let's let's give miami the benefit of the doubt and say they steal one in college station but I just, yeah. I don't know. We just haven't see. seen it from this program yet. I yeah, think
0: they sure. can win that game. For sure. But I'm not, but I'm, I'm not expecting it.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to project that.
0: Yeah. Um, the U Rasta asks If Frank Latson and Keyshawn Smith get a little better each day from where they are now, how confident will you be in this team once the season starts record wise? I know for me, Gabby, like if that's the case then I probably would be willing to push my projection up to 10 and two.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if it becomes evident that Frank Ladson in these scrimmages are is, and maybe even Keyshawn Smith. Yeah. If they just start balling,
0: um, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Someone, if someone, I feel like if some, if any one of these outside guys really, really, really starts emerging, Someone, uh, yeah, anyone, literally anybody. Um, don't care if anyone, if any one of these guys really just like emerges, I mean, I will feel so much better going into this season, but we haven't seen that yet. So, um, right now it stays the same, but yeah, I mean, maybe I could tack on another win if it's just like we have Miami has a like if Charleston Rambo was back, I mean, I feel like I would feel better about saying, Hey, this team go 10 and 2, they have the clear cut one oh, wide receiver yeah. one, and you know, they got the tight end, they got it all rolling, like. I think this could be a 10 win team, 10 win regular season team for sure. But I mean, unfortunately that's not the situation. So got to kind of wait and see for, to see what's going to happen next.
0: There's just going to be games. Like we know this, there's going to be games where it's a tight game and you just need a receiver to go out and make a play. That's going to change the game. How many times did Charleston Rambo do that last year? Um, Does Miami have that guy now? We'll see. Can TVD, can Tyler make that guy? I think you could argue. Now, Charleston Rambo had his breakout game against Michigan State. You know, and De'Ara King, of course, was the quarterback for that game. But I think you could make the case that in some ways, Tyler Van Dyke made Charleston Rambo. And I think, I think the NFL draft community kind of told us that as well, because Charleston had a tremendous year, looked the part, but... Ultimately, wasn't good enough to get drafted in the NFL draft. Um, so, you know, I think at the college level, college quarterbacks can throw receivers open. Uh, hopefully, that's the case with this team and this receiver group. Shirtless sheriff. Um, not, not what is what sheriff. a name? Yeah, um, sure. Sure. What position group? has the longest way to go before september 3rd to me
1: it's the same i mean we're talking about the receivers like to me it's just the receivers really
0: yeah i would go linebacker
1: okay yeah i mean i don't know i I mean both i guess one on each side of the ball i mean linebacker receiver but to me
0: okay let's have this discussion do you feel better about the linebackers or the receivers because i feel better about the receivers than the linebackers but you could disagree
1: i mean yeah i mean we obviously don't love the linebacker room um I don't know. Again, maybe I'm being over optimistic about like maybe a Chase Smith type, but like, I mean, obviously don't feel great about Wayman's deed, you know, tracking down Devin, uh, Achuna or whatever his name a- is chain. like a-, a chain. Like, I, I don't think that's going to work yeah, out very that's well. Not, um, so we do Not want that, yeah. I mean, again, like, uh, I mean, I get, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, See, linebackers, I but think, still like, I, I think, think you got to put a point for me. It's just like, you got to be, if, if Miami can score. I mean, I feel like if Miami can just put up the points, I feel like the receivers have... So, I think they're going to... I mean, obviously, it helps their chances. I mean, that's obvious. But, like, I feel like... I mean, man, if you can just throw points on the board, I feel like it just... Yeah, like it's but just tell me this. obviously
0: going to make things... Do you... Okay, just from a pure talent ability standpoint, who's more talented? Frank Ladson and Keyshawn Smith? Or, let's say, Caleb Johnson and Wayne Mansteed?
1: Yeah, I mean, the receiver. That's I how mean, I look at
0: it. Yeah, okay, I, I mean, there's that's there's more... Fair. I think there's just more ability in the receiver room. They just got to just got to do it, you know, yeah. go out there. I just don't know if this linebacker group can go out and do it. It's kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Especially
1: against a big, again, it's going to be, it's just going to be physical too. So yeah. I mean, those guys are going to have to come make some plays too. And the thing is like, I mean, receivers too. I mean and AM has Antonio Johnson and a bunch of these other guys too. Yeah, that like, I mean, absolutely. it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a headache for these receivers to you know create separation and, yep. and do all that type of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I feel like both, I mean, yeah, I feel like linebacker probably has a better argument, but I'm also looking at receiver like just kind of oh, yeah. step it Those up. Those are the
0: two positions, no doubt. Um guts 16 or goots? I don't I've never gotten clarification.
1: I think it's I gut, don't. I think it's fair to say guts. guts. I've always said guts.
0: Guts 16. From spring to now, uh, has the fall, oh, sorry, I'm reading this awful. From spring to now in the fall, has the intensity picked up? I think so. I mean, look, we can't watch all of these fall practices because, you know, top secret football stuff. But I think in general, yeah, there's just more juice. Um, Mario Cristobal is all about the intensity. That's not just like lip service. Uh, It's real out there. And look, while we don't get to watch practice, you know, as we are waiting for interviews, Gabby, we sit and we can where we sit and and work on stuff in between. Yeah, we can hear practice. and It's a lot of screaming, yelling, celebrating. Um, Whereas in recent years. You know, practices, generally speaking, lacked juice. It was, you know, funeral like out there you know it was kind of weird do you think that's unfair to say
1: no i mean I, I don't think i don't think it is i mean i think yeah we could definitely hear it from our little hallway that yeah. that we sort of camp out at and you know, you're know, you kind of constantly i feel like it's just become background noise for us now or it's almost like you tune it out but it's it's there i mean they're they're always sort of going and you know you can kind of peek your head out and see like the tops of the helmets and stuff everyone <laughs> moving around and that type of stuff. This, so yeah, it
0: seems like more excitement than it, like for sure. Manny Diaz. Practices. Oh,
1: I mean, yeah, I think, I think I think there's yeah for sure, and there's also like a lot more. I think there's more people out there too, and a lot more people that are excited and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I would say there's there's no question. There's definitely some more juice.
0: Kangang O six. Kangang, do you foresee any surprises regarding names on the depth chart? Um. Uh, so yeah, this was like a common question, and and I don't know if. It's just hard for me to know, like, what would a surprise be to the average fan? I don't know. I couldn't, like, pinpoint from what we've seen so far. Like, is there anything that surprises you so far on the depth chart? I don't know. Like, I mean, Jordan Miller's always, like. I think but- like that's pretty surprising. Okay. I feel like if he's a
1: first-team defensive defensive tackle, I think that would be pretty surprising. Again, for just, like, everyone on the outside in with all the transfers, with, right. you know, all that type of stuff. I think Jordan Miller being a first-team defensive tackle would probably be the most surprising. And we'll like, see
0: if that holds up. Yeah, like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's first week at camp. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm a little surprised, too, about uh, the John Campbell over-the-top praise to me, right? Because, yeah. I mean, we've spoken about this in a in a previous podcast, but, like, it seems like every new offensive line coach, like John Campbell's the greatest offensive lineman on the team, and then, you know, we see the play in games and it's, it never lives up to that hype. but clearly there's talent there because you got three pretty respectable offensive line coaches uh, over the past, what, four or five years that speak highly of John Campbell. Um, final question we'll touch on comes from slim Dick Jerry. He right. asks, <laughs> do you think we'll see a noticeable improvement in the defense this year?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: I, I think so. Again, and how I do thinking, you define noticeable improvement? Like what, what's the minimum top, what defense?
1: I mean, what, what, what did they rank last year? Like I don't it was even like,
0: know, like eighties. I don't know. They're terrible. I mean, I think if they're 70s, top, like, 80s.
1: I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you're like top, like 40 defense, I think that
0: that's, I think that's noticeable. Yeah. I think
1: that's, I think that's, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair realistic. A year over year? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair, like realistic jump. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess it—it it just depends. Like w- exactly, it's just like what are you specifically looking for in terms of just like improvement, like in what aspects? I think they're going to be a better tackling team. Um, I'm hoping they're going to be a better tackling team. Yeah, I mean, I think you know Kevin Steele, and again, there's just—it's just a different room. I mean, Kevin Steele's a vet defensive coordinator. You've got Charlie Strong in there running the linebackers. Like, yeah. I just think from a they're technique, fix yeah, problems, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna figure like, some stuff out. Yeah. Oh, we
0: can't tackle.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm optimistic that at least those things are going to get better. Like some of the technical things. Like I think they're yeah. going to be refined as a as an entire defensive unit.
0: I agree. I think I think if this group can be a top 40 defense, that's a noticeable improvement to me. I think the potential's there to be like a top 25 ish defense if they really hit on some of these transfers and, you know, some of these guys with star potential that are coming back year over year develop in that way, you know, like Mitchell Agude, if he's a dude as a pass rusher, Daryl Jackson, if he's that inside presence, Akeem Mezador, if he can create havoc, uh, you know, tackling in the back seven, like you're saying to me, that's like top 25 defense potential. Uh, I'm not quite ready to get there yet. Cause I got to see it with my own two eyes. But, you know, there are guys, I, I would say, on this defense that have, like, some quote-unquote star potential. Yeah, um, I'm not calling them stars today, but I think they have star potential. I would put, like, and we're talking college level. I would put Mitchell Agude there. I would put Daryl Jackson there. I would put Leonard Taylor there. Akeem Mesador. I think Tyreek. I think James and Avante Williams. You know, these are guys with star potential. Will they play like stars this year? you know we'll we'll see uh but if they do yeah we're talking you know if half of those guys play like wow. stars we're probably talking top 25 defense
1: for sure no and i think that's where there's just like that where you there's obviously a lot of talent like i think that there's plenty of pieces there but it's what what are, what are those pieces gonna do like are i was i think well i mean just kind of i think it was practice yeah it was the last practice we were at, so i guess it was thursday tuesday um
0: Man, where's
1: your days at dude i'm the worst with <laughs> days of the week like i like consistently you thought today was friday i don't i don't know what today was i was just thinking i was like where are we where am i right now i don't know what's going on um i'm terrible with that stuff anyways um you know there was a there was a scout uh i believe it was for the 49 with the 49ers and you know they were just yeah. stretching they were just stretching out there and um he was just like, Oh, is that the is that like the freak safety number zero? Uh like and just obviously right. referring to James Williams, just like pointing him out. And right. uh, you know, the NFL liaison it is his name's George Bias is like, yeah, and kind of like walked him over to that side and all that stuff. Yep. Like the NFL scouts are like they know who James Williams is. You know, he is already oh, yeah. on radars and stuff like that. And when these guys come to Miami, which there has been there was a Redskin scout the other day, there was a 49er scout um yep. the other day. Uh you it's know, commanders. The, he, oh i'm sorry oh did i say redskins <laughs> is that uh, don't cancel me please uh a, a commander's fan uh Com- commander scout um so yeah i mean these guys are all coming through seeing look and looking at guys like james williams early too so um yeah i mean he he has star power and i think the league recognizes or, or it's going to be they're going to be tracking him to see what he sort of does i think he's someone that definitely is a star but it's our it's like we were saying earlier david it's like the talent versus skill like james williams right. has all the talents but let's yeah, get the results
0: re- results exactly does james williams do it all right so hopefully that this podcast kind of provide a little, little snapshot of what we think again long way to go still in camp um, still got two scrimmages to play and though the results of those scrimmages the play of those scrimmages will determine depth charts uh, and playing time so we will know more after those sessions um, yeah keep checking out inside the I believe they'll have their first full pad practice on Thursday so that should be a fun day and uh, until next time take care